0: guys, line up. We need to pick some teams for kickball. And uh, Marvin, would you stop slouching, please? Actually, sir, it's Melvin, not Marvin, and I don't know why you're always yelling at us, because it's just really not that cool, and I'll shut up. All right, let's see. Johnny, you're a big boy. You can be team captain number one. Bertha, you're a big girl. You can be team captain number two. All right, let's get going here. Pick those teams. Oh, here we go again. Uh, There goes Tony. Always picked first. So good at everything. And uh, there's Jennifer. Wow, she's so cool. She can kick the ball like 800 miles. And wow. Wait, Wait, you're picking Benji? Well, he doesn't have any legs. How can he? Oh, we never do anything I'm good at. I'd kick butt at Star Trek trivia. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe someday somebody will pick me for their team. That's ridiculous, by the way. You ever, you're, you're too kind. You ever feel like God made a mistake when he made you? I don't know, there's times in my life where I've totally felt like that. Like when I was younger, I totally felt like God made a mistake on me. You know, I wake up in the morning and I, you know, I'm looking in the mirror and I got pimples and all that stuff. And you know, they, they go, oh, you just you know, use these Stridex pads. Those don't work. I ate one of those every single day for 10 years. It didn't do a thing. I'm looking in the mirror, I'm hating everything I'm seeing, and then I go to Sunday school and some dude goes, God made you. Well. Did he do an experiment or what happened? I just feel that way. Like sometimes I'm not quite sure if God, you know, knit everything together right, if I'm threaded together right, if I was made right, if there was some mistake in me somewhere. Like I'm always trying to like do the, the right thing. Um, you know, I figure out what it is that God's wired me for and then sometimes it doesn't work, so I think maybe, uh, maybe he made a mistake. Um, I, I think I'm wired up for relationships. I really enjoy relationships and investing in the lives of people. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was on the phone with with a kid um, from an old youth group that I had and, and we're talking for a while. His name's Carson and, and um, he's like a little brother. So I just really, really have grown to to love this kid. And so we're chatting. I'm enjoying the conversation that we're having and the relationship that we've built and feeling like God has really worked in the middle of that. And then at the end of the conversation, Carson goes... Ronna, I just want you to know that I love you. And in that moment, my heart just about leapt out of my chest. It was like the coolest thing ever, just to hear that God was working in the midst of that relationship, and it was working, and he just went, oh, Ronna, I just want you to know that, that I love you. Well, I got so excited about this, I, I hung up, and, and I needed to tell somebody, and I wasn't with my wife, and so I text message a lot. And so I, I was gonna text my wife, like, oh, and as so I open up the phone and start texting Anna, like, oh, Carson, you'll never believe what he said. He just told me he loved me. Can you believe that Carson loves me? I'm typing all this, I hit send. And the message, just as it goes out into cyberspace, I look and I notice that the phone number is not my wife's. <laughs> it was Carson's phone number. And so all of a sudden, he receives this text message like, Carson just told me he loved me. He really loves me. Like, do you know how embarrassing that is? I had to call him back. I'm sorry. It just made me really happy that you said you loved me. I'm an idiot. Goodbye. Every once in a while, like, I think God just made a mistake. I'm doing something good, and then I mess up, and then... I think, oh, maybe I messed up and that was God's fault. God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake in making you either. In fact, when he thought of you, he he knew all the days that were laid out before you and he began to design you and knit you together, scripture says, and literally thread you together with his love and his care and his power He began to thread together things like your personality and thread that to things like passions and loves that he's given you and thread that to natural talents and abilities that you've got and thread that to personal experiences that you've had in your life and then thread that to some spiritual gifts that he's given you. And it's only when we understand how God has threaded us together in the fullness of it and personality and loves and abilities and, and spiritual gifts and experiences that we can really see how we've been created. And we weren't just created for ourselves. We were threaded together, we were knit together for a reason. We were kind of designed on this purpose, and the purpose was that we would go out and minister and serve and love other people based on the way that God has kind of desired us up, designed us up. There is something, I believe, that in this room today, there is something in this room, that that there are people here today that, that, that only you can do what God has put you here to do. It's like God's got this cosmic to-do list over here. And then on the other hand, he's got this list of all of our names. And the plan since the beginning of time was to begin to orchestrate things so that what God was desiring to get done in ministry would link up with us. And it's only when we really discover how we've been threaded together and knitted together that we can go out and move into action with what it is that God has designed us to do. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, is a really key verse. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are God's workmanship. Just the very nature of that word tells us that we weren't just thrown together. This wasn't just happenstance. That there was some very intricate, well thought out design. There was craftsmanship that went into designing you. And whether you can think of a million things that you do well right now, or you're having trouble coming up with a handful, whether you would call yourself a follower of Jesus or not, you are a workmanship, a craftsmanship of God. And it wasn't just so that you could pop out and go do nothing with it. It was meant that you would take that workmanship that you are, in the fullness of all you are, personality and abilities and spiritual gifts and experiences and what you really enjoy doing and figure out how that works in God's plan for you. It's kinda like, I think, this is a uh, Play-Doh refrigerator. You can make Play-Doh food and then eat it, which is what my son does. He eats Play-Doh, even if it's not, like, in the shape of a hamburger. He will eat it. Um, but for some reason, it had this cool little, like, deal here that you could push out in different um, shapes. And I just, I just want you to check this out, because, like, picture, like, this is you, right? And you come out of the womb, and... Um, and, and then I think if it was up to the world and our culture, then um, they would, the culture would just crank us all out pretty much the same. This is, this is how we would come out. It really doesn't look that much different than when we had started. This would be you if it's left up to the culture. And you would just crank out the same and, and the next person that comes along, they want to make you all just like everybody else, and we've got to market the same, and you just got to look the same, and talk the same, and act the same, and whoa, here we go. Oh, here's another one. Here's another, another little Play-Doh lump. You guys, this is not what God created us for, just to be cranked out in all this same lame, like disgusting little design. You were designed uniquely with some unique purpose, And I think we need to rally around what that is. Some of you are already kind of on that journey. You've been doing it a long time. You know how it is specifically that that you are wired up and you're using it for the kingdom of God in your family or in your workplace, in this church or in our community. But the rest of us, I want us to, to look at Psalm 139. If you have your Bible, open up to Psalm 139. And here we get this really cool picture of the intricacy and the purpose with which we've been created. Psalm 139, very familiar psalm to a lot of you. But I think we need to come back to this one a whole bunch. Great picture of how we've been threaded together. Look at verse 13. It says, For you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb. Just stop and think about that for just a minute. Before you even had any clue what was going on, God was knitting you together. He was creating you in your mother's womb. He knew all the days before you, and he's kind of weaving things in and out. He's threading things. He's, he's going up and over sometimes, and he's going over and up other times. He's knowing this is going to go here, and that's going to go here, and they're going to be good at this, and I'm going to give them that heart and this ability, and that experience is going to come. And he's working and doing this master plan right at the very beginning, creating you, knitting you together in your mother's womb. This speaks to how incredibly complex you are. God created you very intricately and very uniquely. And when you start to discover that, man, it, it's incredible. I can see how unique my, my son Braddock is uh, already. Two years old, he's incredibly complex because on one hand, he likes to run around in the house with no clothes on. And then on the other hand, he likes to lick my face with his tongue and he likes to do that while he's naked. That is very complex and I can see how God is preparing him to be like a nude taste tester or something someday, I don't know. I've got this love for for people. I really, really love people But over the years, I have become more and more aware that the real burden of love for people on my heart is for for junior high students. And you talk about unique and complex and weird. Eddie over here, he's another one. Yeah, we we got several over there. Chad's over there. You're weird. You are complex. But once, once that, that became so clear, you guys, I, I did youth ministry for 10 years before I came here, and uh, Anna and I just began to realize, like, that, that call to junior high students hasn't been lifted, and uh, so as unique and complex as that is, um, as Lynn talked about just a couple weeks ago, that's, that's why we have accepted this this offer um, as a junior high pastor at a church back in California. And um, it was just in obedience to this complex, weird wiring that that God has, has given to me. And I would hope and pray that every single one of you in here would just dial in to the uniqueness with which God has created you Verse 14 goes on to say, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know your works full well. I know that your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You aren't just like unique and intricate, but what God has made you for is good. It is wonderful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made and God's works are wonderful and you're one of His works. So even the stuff in your life that that maybe you look at and you go, man, that's just weird about me. Well, that was given to you on purpose as well. And God can use that weirdness. He can use that goofiness. He can use the things that you would go, "Ah, I don't think that's wonderful, and make it wonderful. He has been using this huge face that I have had to do wonderful things. I have a huge face, and it's getting huger every single day. And for years now, I've been getting so much mileage out of this huge face, because every time I talk about it, then people laugh, and thank you for zooming in. So huge, (laughs) by the way. Sam could see my face without the camera. I don't think we we need that. But if this humongous face, I would not choose this face. I would not choose this lumpy head. And yet if it brings joy to your life to look at it and ha ha, ha <laughs> then that's wonderful. And God is using something that I would not have chosen and making it wonderful. I wouldn't have chosen to have a natural father leave when I was four, or another dad get abusive when I was six, or another guy leave my mom and I at the altar when I was eight. And yet, I believe that that was something wonderful in hindsight, because without those experiences, I'm not quite sure that I would have the heart for kids that are hurting that I do today and so I can look back and say I am fearfully and wonderfully made and your works are wonderful as hard as that is sometimes. Verses 15 and 16 are really cool. They say my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And that just speaks to the fact that as unique and complex and intricate as you are, as all wonderful, the things that he has given you are, they were for a bigger purpose. You were meant to use those things. Every single one of you in here is a minister. It's not just the guys that work at church to get paid to do that. Our job is to equip you, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so now, over these next five weeks, I'm hoping that you'll kind of discover more than, than you know now, how God has thread you together in personality and abilities and giftedness and experiences and your loves that you've got in your life so that you might go minister. And for those of you that are already doing that, that maybe this will help refine even more so where it is that God has really called you to use your gift for his kingdom. We're just gonna look at personality for like a minute this morning, and then the next weeks they'll be looking at the other pieces of really who God has threaded you together to be. But your personality is a big part of who you are, and it colors, it influences the way that you use your giftedness. It influences the way that you use your talents and abilities. Because two people might both have the gift of evangelism. They both might have this gift of leading somebody to Jesus that doesn't know them already. But an introvert may use that gift different than an extrovert will. And so your personality is gonna influence how you're gonna use this giftedness, this wiring that God has given you. And some of you have taken personality tests, some of you already know what you are, but those of you still kind of figuring out It can be a lot more specific than just introvert or extrovert. Here's a couple questions just to get you thinking about maybe how God has wired your personality. Personality shows up in scripture too. I mean, Paul was different than Barnabas who was different than Timothy. You look at people in the Old Testament, all sorts of different personalities that God was using. So where where do you land? Here's some questions to kind of help you think through. Are you more energized by people or by your own thoughts or being alone? Do you discern in your life what's happening and figure out kinda what's going on by using your five senses, what you actually see or taste or touch or experience? Or do you try to figure out what's going on more by your your gut or intuition or kinda that that sixth sense? Are you generally more task-oriented or more people-oriented? Would you, if given the choice, would you rather lead something, or would you rather just be told what to do and given instructions and go carry it out? Would you rather live a planned or structured life or a spontaneous one? You see, depending on how you answer those questions, you start to kinda figure out a little bit more specifically about how God has really threaded you together with your personality. And then you get to realize that God wants to take the best parts of your personality and grow those more and more into his personality and his heart. He doesn't want you just to settle with the bummer parts of your personality. God is so good at crafting and taking and growing and developing all these parts of you. And so it's not fair to to use your personality as an excuse. You can't just be like a jerk to everybody and go, well, that's just my personality. There's a lot of people that do that. But when you step into a relationship with Jesus, he's gonna take your personality and grow it into Christ-likeness. He's gonna take your loves and grow them into Christlike, take your experiences, grow them, take your spiritual gift, and he's gonna take all of this and continue to mold and shape that, thread that together so you can go do his work. There is, there's a lady that I just can't wait to introduce you to this morning that is such living testimony and proof that when you figure out that you got this certain heart and this certain personality and these experiences and all these things come together for a purpose that is so much bigger than you and you say, God, you've threaded me together in a crazy way and I'm going to just let you use that however you want, then miracles can happen. Mama Zapora started the Haruma House Orphanage in uh, Kenya. And About a year ago, her daughter Caroline was, was here with us sharing about the orphanage. Cornerstone has a big part in helping support this orphanage. Many of you have adopted out specific children from that orphanage and have taken an active part in ministering to these orphans on the other side of the world. But this incredible woman... is is here with us this morning just to share a little bit about what's going on in her life and in this orphanage and what an amazing woman she is. And so would you give a warm, warm welcome to Mama Zipporah. Welcome. Thank you. You're getting good at this. <laughs> That's great. Well, welcome. We are just privileged and honored to be here with you today, and thank you so much for taking time to be here with us. It's, it's really, really an honor. Would you just dive right in and talk to us a little bit about some of the things that we were just talking about, how How God used the way that he designed you to allow you to start this this orphanage in in Kenya?
1: Um, To go on with the preaching, it is true God designs. Because when I was only 25 years old, the doctors found that I am very sick. I was expecting our second child and I was on my third month and I was feeling dizzy, dizzy, dizzy and when I went to hospital they found that I've got a heart disease which was serious because I was a third grade and from that time they admitted me and put me on medicine. They also told me I should not have many children and uh, this has not occurred come to my mind, because as an African woman, we like many children, so I wanted six, but now the doctors were saying I cannot have more, but they told me to do tuberculosis, I refused. So when I went home, because I could not be tubric- I could not take any family planning medicine, I conceived again, and this is when I knew I was really sick and I knew I was going to die if at all I'm not careful. I went to the doctors and told them to close my tube when I delivered that last child. Whether alive or dead, I had made up my mind. And that was in 1984. But when the time of delivering came, uh, uh, that is the time God came and rescued me because also I was dying, you know? And I knew I was dying. I had packed my bags and given to the next patient. If I die, they can go home. And when I went to theater, uh, God reminded me of this one word. It's a long story. I'm trying to cut it short. (laughs) Um, God reminded me of this word in Proverbs chapter 18, which says that the power of life and death is in our mouths. And I told God I want to live because of my two daughters. One was four and the other one was two. And uh, when I woke up and met I was alive, I made a pact with God that I've been healed and I'll never take another medicine again. And so I went home, I started doing all the things I could not do. Like that man of the beside was told to take up the bed. So me, I took up my bed and started doing all the things I could not do. And at that particular time, our president was helping a girl but unfortunately, the girl died in London. And this is when I knew that the power of healing is not in money, but is in the power of God. And this one, I, because of excitement, I, I made a package without thinking. <laughs> uh, because I told him, God, I would like to appreciate you by helping a child who does not have food or a child who does not have mom or dad. And it's like like if God cornered me, because you'd know I wanted six children. But for every one child which I could not conceive, God comes with 50. Now I am a mother of 145 plus in my home.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible.
1: Thank you.
0: So you should have been a little more specific in how you pray. Yeah, I should
1: have been specific, and that is what I'll tell you. Be specific and sure of what you want.
0: (laughs) 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 That's, That's huge. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the orphanage now?
1: Yeah, it has been a struggle. Because when I came out from the hospital telling people I am cured, Uh, And I want to work for the Lord and I want children. Many people thought that I am mentally sick. And even they tried to go away from me. And others thought that I didn't have a lot of education to do what I want to do. Others thought I am a corn woman. But I thank God for my husband who believed in me because at that time I had a lot, a lot of problems. And uh, the land which, where I was working was taken away. And so I was left with seven children in my hands and I did not know where to take them. And this is when I asked my husband to give me land. And that is why I don't understand why my husband even believed me, even when I was making silly decisions, which they didn't make sense, yeah? Yes. But he still stood with me. And now I am happy to tell you it's a home of more than 145 plus children. We have a school which is registered by the government. Even the home is registered by the government, and we have now a finished clinic. We just finished a dining, and I just want to thank God for everything. And our among the children we help, we have got 18 who are HIV positive.
0: Wow, wow. How how does that pan out? I mean, are the the kids that are sick, um, do, they, do they get treatment and help through you?
1: That is the hardest thing because, you know, HIV comes with its own stigma. Right. But in 2000, I had to do away with the stigma because God called me to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is very sad when you see them going away. But I want to thank God because through your help, we are able to get medicine, HIV medicine for them and through your help we are able to feed them healthy because they have to eat a lot a lot of food even if we cannot afford bread in the morning we make sure that we leave food for them in the morning and every day I encourage them to eat because if they don't eat the medicine they take will become poison in their body and uh, we have seen some dying which is very sad and I remember even telling God, this is not the package we made. Because if you bring children and then you take away them away, even me, I'm going to die. So I told, the, I told him to heal them. And I'm proud to tell you, one of our child is now 20 years, and she's working the home. And the team which is coming are going to see her. Hmm.
0: Yeah. That's great. Now, the children that are the, at the orphanage, they mm. call you mama.
1: They call me mama, and they call my husband dad. Because we live, those children live in my house. What we have done is that we extend, we extend our house, and we learn to love one another. They share beds. It is my prayer in God's time, I'll be able to build a bigger house for them. Hmm. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. That's great. Well, they are most blessed to have you as a mom. Yeah. Yeah, That's (laughs) for sure. That's for sure. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) if if there was if there was one thing that you just wanted to make sure that that our church heard from you before you left what what would that be
1: from the bottom of my heart i want to say thank you so much for supporting me by sponsoring our children by supporting me for coming out to be our friend your your sponsorship helps me to educate those children, helps me to feed them, and helps me to clothe them, and to take them for medical, uh, for medical care when there isn't. And more, for having them, because these are children who have been abandoned, and they do not have another family. You are the family. And I want also to welcome the group which is coming, before they come and they know that in Huruma they have a home. And God will bless you. For what you are doing, and may God bless you again.
0: Thank you, thank you so much. (laughs)
1: Let's
0: let's give Mama a hand here. Thank you. After the service, uh, Mama Zipporah will be out uh, on the, the patio there at the missions booth, and you can um, come say hello to her and find out how you might help, um, ask her questions. Uh, but she would love to, to connect with you that way. Um, we have a team that is, yeah, they'll be heading out in just a couple of weeks from Cornerstone to, uh, to spend two or three weeks with two you, eight, right? Two yeah, weeks. two weeks. So um, I would just like to pray for you before we let you go. Thank you. Okay. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the miracles that you do every single day. It just blows my mind that you are doing miracles here in this room and all the way across the globe at Haruma House. We thank you for those children that are there and thank you that you take care of them, you provide for them spiritually and emotionally and physically. God, through Mama Zipporah and the other staff and leaders that are there. And Lord, we just honor and celebrate this amazing woman here today. We just thank you for how you have designed her and for a heart of hers that just said, Lord, I will do whatever it is that you call me to do. God, I thank you that you have given her a heart for children and that that is leaving an effect that will last in eternity because of what she has done and continues to do. God, would you allow us the same privilege to do things that would kick a dent in eternity? Lord, we love you. Thank you for Mama Zipporah, and thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, God bless you. <laughs> well um, i guess uh, I guess you didn't make a mistake on me then <laughs> um and thanks for. Thanks for picking me for your team. Um, God, do you know anything about Star Trek trivia?